life's different. When you're in your teens and your 20s, you know, all your dreams are still intact. You're like, oh, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna meet this person, and I'm gonna, you know, blah, blah, blah. All your dreams. And then by the time you get in your 30s, for most people, those dreams have been demolished. You're married to somebody you barely can stand. Uh, you're not doing what you ever thought you'd do. So you're not in a good place. And then somebody's like, hey, man, check out this new Bob Schneider record. <laughs> and you listen to it. And then the backdrop is this poison soup that you're drinking called your life. <laughs> and then you're like, hey, what you think of that new record? And you're like, I don't like it like I like that other record when my dreams were still alive and breathing. I'm like, yeah, no doubt, motherfucker. The poison soup called your life. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. It's brutal. It's brutal, but unfortunately, terrible. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider. And your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, here we are once again in I'm Okay land. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. We're recording at night because our schedules are all different now. Dude, I had the weirdest experience yesterday. I spent the whole day yesterday thinking it was Monday and did not find out until the end of the day that it was Tuesday. And uh, it kind of fucked me up. It kind of made me feel strange. You ever lost a whole day like that? Dude, I'll tell you the thing that happened with me is like, you know, when you're in high school, it was high school mainly, K through 12. Let's let's just be reasonable and say K through 12. There's this thing where it's especially true as you get older, like uh, when you're going out on the weekend, you're so aware of what the weekend is. Like, you know what Friday night is. You know what Saturday night is. It's party time. It's party time. Time to party. Now- I stopped drinking back in 95, if you can believe it. So it's been a minute since I used to go out and party. But at some point, I just stopped knowing when the weekend was. Before even I stopped thinking about if it was the weekend or not, the summer. Remember how like the summer was the most important part of your life when you were like a teenager and when you were a kid? Yeah, you just lived for it. You just lived for it because there was no school. And then that was just part of your who you were but then at some point probably like 10 years after you're out of school or something you just don't even think about summer anymore it like kind of fades you know what i'm talking about where you don't think about it right now when, once you start having kids it becomes important again because you're like oh shit i gotta watch these kids now 
But then it's yeah, but then it becomes important in a not fun way. It, it sort of right. changes. It's the opposite. Yeah. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting, but it is interesting. It was, actually, after as I was saying, I was like, "Oh, this isn't interesting." <laughs> well, let's kick it to the email corner here for a second and hear from some IOK listeners. You can email us bobandclint at gmail We got an email here from Keith who says, "Well, first of all, he says zip. That's instead of like dear Bob and Clint or hello, he wrote zip, which I think is a sign that we're doing something right over here. I love it." Even though if you unpack it for a minute, what he's saying is he's pulling his dick out right now. <laughs> so in a weird way, it's real fucked up. But in a cool way, it's like, oh, I get it. You're doing a homage. I just like that you said if you unpack it, what he's doing is pulling his dick out. You just he right. It's like a pun, pun city over there. He oh, says, yeah. he says, what are your thoughts on <laughs> Dude, war- I, I don't know how to say the. I don't know this. I forgot how to do the. Okay. Yeah, you were oh, kind of, you were kind of doing like the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah. No, I did a whole. I did a high. Oh yeah, and I forgot it was okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's like a tiny. That's like the Kool Aid Man after he like like went on a diet. Oh yeah. <laughs> he says, "What are your thoughts on Warren Zevon? I love his music, but sometimes I think, was he really a great songwriter? Some of his stuff's unlistenable. What say Bob and Clint?" I saw Warren Zevon at Antone's and there was like a hundred people in there and it was just solo. And, you know, he just has that one song, Werewolves of London, which is a cool song. But then I don't know any of his other material and I don't think anybody else does or cares. It was one of those shows where I'm just like, please, God, don't let me be this guy when I'm his age. I'm not familiar enough to even weigh on that. He says, also heard Bob talking about live and rockets on his songwriter podcast. Rest assured, Bob, you're not the only person that remembers them. Peace, Keith. I don't know what that means. It's love and rockets is what he was saying. Okay, that's a typo. Uh, What's love and rockets? Love and rockets was this band from the 80s. They were kind of like underground indie. Uh, Cool, cool band. Like kind of rock, like uh, droney rock music. Well, next we got an email from E-O-B. Oh, it's the E-O-B. You down with the O-B, E-O-B? Ah. And you know how he goes, man. He's he's a, you know, he's a colorful cat. So I'm going to try to, I haven't pre-read this. And this is from March 23rd. So it's a little far behind. But he says, holy shit, going twice a week? Holy shit. Don't tease me, motherfuckers. Ha. Wow, man. Something good coming out of this COVID shitstorm. Uh, thanks, brothers. Thank you both. Which is cool. So he's excited about two a week. By the way, write in to us, bobandclint at gmail.com. Let us know if you think two a week are, are uh, feasible, if they make any sense. He says, backtracking a bit, impressed with how you guys handled the South by Southwest mess. Bravo. Amazed, really. You both were immensely civil and magnanimous. Bravo on your decision ultimately to just step up to the pirate satellite and cast from the Saxon instead. Very nicely done. Sorry things didn't work out. Maybe in the future but most bummed that you guys had to cancel your family get-together at Bob's. I'm guessing that would have been really cool and good for both of you. Good and productive and a hell of a lot of fun for you all, daughters and wives included. Again, maybe there's a redo in the future. Uh, He says, amen and hallelujah. Thanks. Peace and love and gratitude, EOB. Yeah, I'm disappointed that that trip got canceled too. That would have been fun. Yeah, I was really looking forward to it. It was going to be fun. and um, We were going to have like, what, four or five days? Because the podcast was really just going to be for an hour in the afternoons of like Thursday and Friday. But other than that, I mean, we were just going to be hanging and doing podcast episodes and listening to music and being with our families. Yeah, it was going to be great. We'll do it again. We're definitely going to do it. And we're going to, you know, we're going to try to do podcasts all over. I mean, ideally, if we could grow this thing 
to to where we could go uh, to different cities. Ideally, that's what we'd love to do is just uh, cruise around and play, you know, theaters and 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 do this podcast. So the way you can help us do that is by telling people that you know about the podcast, spreading the word, as it were. And the more people we get, the more ratings we get, the more uh, reviews we get, the more it'll help us grow. I mean, I, I we were actually... I guess it was maybe a month ago or a month and a half ago, we actually cracked the top 200 comedy podcasts in the world, dude. Awesome. Which is crazy. Any way that you can help out uh, growing the podcast by just telling people about it is going to help us get out there and uh, and start touring and, and taking the show on the road. Yeah, well said. Tim Heft writes, B. Schnizzet and Clint Izzle. Thanks for making my isolated morning commute easier to deal with. B, here's waiting to see you in Minneapolis. I've played Minneapolis with you several times. We've played the Fine Line, the Varsity Theater. I like that Varsity Theater place. I do, too. It shut down. Oh, I didn't know that. Really? Well, the story that I heard was that the... I don't know. It's The story I heard was horrible. And I, I guess it's open again. I don't know. I love the Varsity. That's the coolest venue there. For sure. And First Ave. I hate First Ave. I know that it's there's a storied history with First Ave. I don't like the location. I don't like that club. I don't like the sight lines. The sound in there sucks. And, uh, you know, if it, maybe it's a cool place to see bands, but it's not a cool place to play. Uh, varsity is way better. There's a cool place we play that I've played uh, as a solo artist um, called the Cultural Event Center or something like that. And that place was pretty cool. But my favorite thing about Minneapolis, besides the Robinson twins, who are friends of mine who I went to uh, high school with, who uh, always show me a good time when I'm there, my favorite place is that little diner where you can get breakfast. Have you ever been to that place, Clint? What's it called? I don't know. I mean, maybe. But it's a place where they just, it's tiny. So there's just enough room for uh, a counter and then a row of chairs and then maybe two feet behind the row of chairs and then they're, they just make breakfast there. And you have to like line up sometimes into the street and wait for somebody to get off one of those stools and then the person behind them takes their stool and then you can get behind them. So the whole time you're eating, there's somebody standing behind you waiting for you to finish. Yeah, I've never been there. Anyways, the, that place is amazing. Sounds stressful. Dude, it's not. Because guess what you're eating while people are... Here's here's what, here's what happens. You're eating the best blueberry pancakes you've ever eaten in your life while somebody's looking at you eating those pancakes, wishing they were in your seat, wishing they were you, <laughs> but they're not you. You know who you is? Who is you? You. Who is you? Who, 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 who? You. You is you. You is you. You is not and, not you. And you, the you that you is, is not standing there looking at somebody eating blueberry pancakes. It's you eating blueberry pancakes. <laughs> and this has been a physics lesson with Bob and Clint. Unless you're standing behind the guy eating blueberry pancakes. And then you're like, oh, man, those pancakes look good. But then as soon as you sit down. Then use you. You don't give a fuck, dude. You're Julius motherfucking Caesar. Now the guy behind you might be holding a knife. He might be having a little <laughs> confab with your tr most trusted staff. They may be getting ready to stab you to death. But guess what you don't give a fuck about? Dad. Anything. Because you're eating some blueberry pancakes. Dude, I'm telling you. Just thinking about those blueberry pancakes right now. 
is making me real hungry for some blueberry pancakes. <laughs> well, let's keep moving it through emails because this has been a good. We're, we're really knocking them down here. Wes Cruz, who's a patron, by the way, says, laughing out loud at Bobby's quick analogy of the Shoshone tribe, he says, how does your brain work that fast with such a visual story? I guess that's why you're an artist. And then I guess he's quoting you from that episode where you said, we're like the Shoshone and we're all camped out on the river. I don't even remember that. Dude, I don't remember saying any of that. So, so I don't no know help from say. you on that. <laughs> None. Dude, I was just, I just watched a little bit of my Song Club podcast that I did this week. And I'm like, I don't know where any of it comes from, dude. It's so crazy. I don't sit down with a list of things. I'm just, going along and all this shit's coming into my head and it's crazy well it's like we talked about last week you know are you crazy i worry about my sanity i think about my sanity which gives me the idea that maybe i'm not crazy but i i'm telling you when i watch hoarders the thing i always think is like oh i'm just like these people i don't know that i'm crazy so i mean it it is weird what we do is strange right we're writing songs. We're playing. We're making music. There's no rules. There's we're we're in an area where it, a lawless infinity of of ideas, and that's where we reside most of the time. So when we come into the world of like, hey man, you're using the wrong fork, or uh, hey man. Uh, you know, hey, hey, I don't like the way you, you, you whatever <laughs> fucking did, whatever the fuck you're supposed I don't know. All this shit in society, all these rules and all this bullshit. I'm like, hey, man, I don't follow your rules. I'm an artist, motherfucker. <laughs> I like all the hey, mans. Hey, man, listen. You used the wrong set. That's the salad fork. That's not the entree fork. Dude, I don't know what happens when you do that voice. I feel like I'm not on the phone with Clint anymore. That wasn't I even really that guy. D- that guy, no, talks, dude, that guy talks brain... like that guy talks like this. He says, he says "Listen, that's not the correct fork you're using for that." Dude, I'm telling you, my brain freaks out. <laughs> like I was freaking out. I'm like, "That's not Clint." I know it's you, but my brain is saying that's not Clint. He ends his email by saying, "I love the way Clint calls BS when Bobby pulls the Gandhi-esque philosophical discourse that doesn't make sense, but sometimes does in a strange way." He says, "You guys are great." Great. You guys are grape. You guys are grapes, and you guys are great. Keep up the artistry. Peace, Wes. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, Wes. You know, here's one about songwriting that I think is interesting, Bob. JP writes and says, Howdy, fellas. Quick songwriting question for you. If you write a song that you end up lukewarm on, but really like a line or two from it, will you ever reuse that line in another song, or do you let it go down? He says, hold on. Zip. With the ship. Be safe and well, JP. That's an interesting question. I have occasionally done that like when i say occasionally i've written somewhere between 2000 and 2500 songs i've done it maybe three or four times with mixed results so it's it's something i don't normally do i feel like songwriting is sort of mixing up a batch of concrete after the first initial like day or first couple hours of writing the song it sets up the way concrete sets up now you can You're saying concrete you're saying concrete weird. You're putting this weird emphasis on crete. Concrete. What is it? Concrete. Concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, sorry. It sets up like concrete. There we go. You did it. 
Did I say it right? That was correct. Anyways, it sets up like that, and then now you can chisel into that and maybe take a piece of that and put it into your new wet concrete, but <laughs> good luck. It's best to just start fresh. I agree. It's weird. It's like you get the thing birthed. Sometimes, do you ever do this, Bob, where like you know before you really birth it and get it done that it's not going to be good, but you have to just go through and finish it? I mean, yeah. I mean, that happens for sure. But I have figured out that if I just, you can make some changes to something and make it better and make it better to where it's not horrible. But yeah, I mean, lots of times when I'm writing a song, at the beginning of it, if I'm not sold on it i'll just put it aside and start another one lots of times i'll do this i'll start a song not and then i'm like i'm not being inspired anymore so i'll put it aside i'll write another one i'm not being inspired put it aside write another one not being inspired and then i'll go back to that first one and i'm like oh this is better than i thought it was yeah why do you think that happens it's like you 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 lose your perspective because i do that all the time too where i just think it's horrible and then you get away from it and you come back and you're like oh this is actually kind of interesting well it's because you're hearing it over and over and over and over and over and then you're like oh this is not good but i mean when you hear a song you're hearing it one time it only lasts three minutes but after you've been working on a song for like an hour and a half or two hours you've heard it so many times in an hour and a half that you're like mm, i don't know so it, it 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 like i like to work really fast and again if i'm not coming up with like the chorus or if I'm not coming up with what the song is, I'll just put it aside and just keep moving because I don't treat any of it preciously. I think the key to songwriting for me is to never be worried about writing like a hit or writing a song that's going to be popular or any of that question is what is this song? What is the song that I'm writing? And then figure out what that is and not like what kind of song is it or or what the song, if, if I'm going to be able to play it or if people are going to like it. I don't worry about any of that. I'm just trying to figure out what it is. But when you ask yourself, what is the song, which, which I, I think this is really fascinating, are you asking yourself that lyrically or even just musically? Like, what is the song? Is it bigger than just what am I trying to say lyrically? I think it's always lyrically, but it, it, it can be musically too. Like, as you're making it, like, you'll come up with some thing like on guitar or on the keyboard or whatever and you're like oh that's cool and it's always unexpected and and wonderful when it happens but I always think of songwriting really like archaeology where you're like digging up you're in a field full of dinosaur bones but you don't know what you're going to get that day you're digging it up and you're like what is this what is oh there's a bone there's something there's something and then at some point you'll see the spine and you're like oh that's what it is it's a fucking alligator but it's it's not alligator. It's like, oh, I know what it is. It's a fucking reggae song. <laughs> and when you find out it's a fucking reggae song, guess how I feel about it? Uh, I don't know. Do you like reggae? I don't like reggae. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, so is this what you're saying? When you find out that it's a reggae song, then you're like, great. Now I know what it is. I know how to do that. I know what the tools are. I know that I need some steel drums. I know that I need it to be in this certain time signature. Does it sort of does that mean it opens up for you? No, that's like a that's a joke. That's a joke. It's it's not that it's it's not a genre. It's like I agree with you, but it, it's like it presents itself to you finally. It's like this thing you're trying to capture 
in your studio, and then and then you finally kind of get it in the net, and then you can see what it is, and then you can actually flesh it out and work on it. So, I'll, all right, I'll give you an example. So, the song I just wrote a couple days ago for the song club, ten minutes long, eleven minutes long, super long. And you said that was about half. It was cut in half. When I started, it was eighteen minutes, and then I cut it down to eleven. So here's the thing. So I started writing this song, writing, 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 like literally uh, seven or eight kind of verses in. I start talking about Muhammad Ali. And then I'm like, that's what this song's about. It's about Muhammad Ali. And then I called it Muhammad Ali. I'm going to continue to edit this song and get it down to like four minutes. And it's going to be a good song. But I didn't have time to do it because I was kind of under the gun to turn the song in. So you got the 11-minute version. But once I get done editing it, then it'll be a better song. But that's what that's what I'm talking about. So I talk about all this other stuff. You you know what it is like you're you're just writing you're writing and then you're singing it maybe into the mic and then all of a sudden you'll sing the thing and you're like that's the thing that's the hook that's the chorus and then once you know what that is then the rest of it's real easy you're just filling in the blanks yeah that's fascinating did you see that Bob Dylan you know he put out a new song his first original song in eight years it's seventeen minutes long dude I listened to that today. And it's not good. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I'll say this. It, it becomes more powerful upon further listening. It's a lot to take in in one sitting. And I'm not saying it's like a, a Rush song or something, or, or it's like watching Kubrick or something, but it really is more rewarding on, on further listens, has been my experience. Here's what he should have done. Made that song a lot shorter. <laughs> well, the reason I, was, I brought that up was because I thought it was interesting that you also wrote uh, and upwards to 20 minute song this week but um, it's his first song to ever go number one it went number one on the billboard whatever hot 200 or whatever well my rule is always keep it short and sweet yeah now, I, I follow that too but here's the thing Dylan writing a 17 minute song is big news so everybody's gonna go listen to it now are they gonna listen to that song again probably not like I will never listen like that felt like a me watching like a stand-up special. I'm not going to watch it again. I'm not going to listen to that song again. It's not like fucking everybody must get stoned or fucking blowing in the wind or whatever the fuck songs he wrote. It's it's like a long-ass fucking boring-ass bullshit song. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to listen to that again. Dude, the, my biggest thing is like if you listen to a song and at the end of it you're like i will never listen to that song again you have failed as a songwriter right you yeah i mean that's definitely uh, something that hovers above me a lot writing songs is you you want it to end you want to you want the person to start the song over put the needle back on yeah you want you want them to want to get on the ride again you know yeah and they if the ride's that long you ain't getting on it now there are exceptions to the rule and i will Tell you the exception to the rule. Jambi. <laughs> Jambi is the exception to the rule. I'll get on that ride right now. And I will fucking, I will ride that ride to the fucking end, dude. A lot of Tool songs are like that for me. They're, they're, they don't feel long when they end. They end and you're like, oh, I, w- I didn't even notice it was a long song because I was on a ride. How long is Jambi, by the way? Jambi is probably got to be like eight, eight or nine minutes, it's right? It's probably one of their shorter ones, honestly. I'm looking this up right now on my iTunes. I will be able to tell you this momentarily. Jambi is seven minutes and 29 seconds. Yeah, seven and a half minutes. That's a long song, but I love that song. It can't be short. That song can't be shorter. 
There's no fat in that song. Yeah, it, it just it's a whole journey. And and they have a lot of songs like that. I mean, my But I will tell you this, that fucking Bob Dylan song is fucking long because musically it doesn't do anything. Right, it's not dynamic so musically. It's only lyrics. And the lyrics are good cuz Bob Dylan's arguably one of the greatest lyricists of all time. No doubt. And the lyrics are fine. But I don't want to listen to the same kind of boring riff over and over again while he's reciting these words. It's, uh, yeah, unfortunately, not my favorite. Let's read another email here before we have to split. All right. You cool with that? Yeah. Let's see here. Hold this on. Is, yeah? Zip. <laughs> I wonder if that will ever. I wonder if we're going to be doing this in six years and sold out theaters, and people are still going to be Dude, going nuts over that. When I'm fucking seventy and I do zip, that shit ain't going to be funny no more. <laughs> I'm like, hey, seventy year old man, it's already kind of borderline not funny because I'm fifty four. But then but when I'm right. when I'm seventy four and I do zip, people are going to be like, hey, man, not funny. You're just zipping up that colostomy bag. Every time you say something where I would normally say, he right, I'm going to go, he right. <laughs> oh, I got the wrong notes here. Wrong notes. There it is. All right. Our last email is from Christopher Pixley. The subject is Tori Amos. Just heard Bob read the A Sort of Fairy Tale lyrics, and without any context, I would have assumed he was reading Bob Schneider lyrics. <laughs> How much are you loving that email? Not loving it. He he signs it by saying another Bob Schneider slash Tori Amos fan here, Christopher Pixley. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I mean, I write some bullshit lyrics for sure, but I'm not trying to pretend that they're anything but bullshit lyrics. Like. The problem that I have with Tori Amos is like she's pretending that they mean something like, oh, this shit means something and her fans think they mean something. And that's the problem. Like, no, they don't mean shit. They're bullshit lyrics that don't mean anything. Now, I'll write bullshit lyrics that don't mean anything all day long. And I'll say, yeah, those are bullshit lyrics that don't mean anything. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I use my salad fork for my entree. And sometimes I use my entree fork for my salad. Don't get me wrong. All right, well, check out Clint's podcast, Metal Up Your Podcast. It's all things Metallica, but hey, you don't need to be a Metallica fan to enjoy Clint's take on everything that he talks about. That's horrible. That's not even a good promo. I don't even know how to talk anymore, but check it out. It's wonderful. You can check out my podcast, The Song Club. What you can really do to help us out is you can give us a review on iTunes, but even more so, you can tell your friends if you have any that you really love the podcast and you should check it out because that's the only way we're going to grow this because the only way anybody's ever going to find out about this podcast is if you tell them. So please tell your friends so we can grow it. What we really want to do at some point is we'd love to come hang out with you somewhere in some seedy ass fucking club or a nice little theater. Or if we get as big as fucking my dad wrote a porno, a really nice theater. That's what we'd really love to do. So help us out. Rate and review. That's easy. Tell your friends. That's easy. Just do easy things. Be nice. <laughs> Be nice, motherfucker. <laughs> do the right thing. On that note, 
We'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> I didn't say a T when I said later. I said, we'll see you later. Because <laughs> I said, I don't need that T. Uh-oh, wrong notes. Wrong notes. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>